podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracker, another one of our early morning playoff reaction pods. Um, short and sweet. I'm joined this morning by Yas. How you doing, Yas? All good, mate. Two and oh. Two up. Two up on the series. Come on, I, the boys. I haven't seen those banners in a minute. So, uh, obviously, you guys will only be listening, but Yas has got his background showing us all, the, all those banners from the 60s. Um, and also joined and, by and Young. And, and one from the 2000s. Thank you very I much. Well, and yeah, 70s. Definitely, but I can only see the 60s, right? They're the ones that are uh, at, at the front. Um, uh, <laughs> Yanni, how you doing, Yanni? I'm all right, man. I had a game on Wednesday night. Uh, it was a tough game, but we won by 10. Uh, I played most of the minutes, you know, made a few of my shots, a couple of erratic layups, but uh, you know, I hit my jumpers in the corner, and that's all that matters. Exactly, I, I, I managed the match there. So, I love that uh, we were adding Yanni's pickup games. Uh, <laughs> it's not pickup, it's Ken League. Kentley, Kentley, bro. <laughs> cool. So, unless you've been living under a rock, we're almost a week into the first round of um, the 2022 NBA playoffs. The games in round one come thick and fast, so I'm not going to spend too much time um, talking, and we're going to get right into it. So, yes, um, yeah, like you said, two nil. Um, talk us through game two. Talk us through how how you did it. I think I think both of these for anyone who's watched them, both of these Boston Brooklyn games haven't felt like first round games at all. Um, the physicality's yeah. been massive. The it's been intense. It's been down to single possessions late in the game and everything like that. Um, and I was shitting the bed a bit early on because the way we 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 nick game one with at the buzzer, um, Brooklyn came ready to just. Punches in the mouth, really. 9-0 run to start. Um, Bruce Brown hit some early freeze. And we just didn't really look at it at all. Um, uh, we were down by as many as 17 in the first half. But, yeah. but as honestly, I don't think we could have played worse in the first half in terms of missing, missing looks, turnovers, um, getting into early foul trouble. And despite that, we got it to within 10 at half time. Um, and then second half just felt like a totally different story. Always a, always a good sign when um, you haven't played your best and you're within striking distance. Um, yeah, and, and that was like uh, Jaden Brown hadn't really got into his groove yet. Jason Tatum, I think was either one of six or one of seven by halftime or something. So you had him to still come into the game. Um, it, just, it just felt a little bit like we were destined for business as usual. You know, 1-1, one, one, tie the series, KD and how are you going to do it? First half, I was... First half, when they went up 17, it could have been 26, 27. I was like, okay, oh. yeah, 1-1's one, coming in. Um, yeah. yeah. To, to, be, to be... Even to be within single digits in the third quarter, because we, we got there, I couldn't believe it. Um but you know, to be honest, I mean, yeah, I mean, to, to summarise the game, I think KD, 18 of 20, we're going to probably talk blunders, going 18 of 20 from the free throw line and still not cracking 30 points says a lot about 
partly how he was guarded, but also partly just how he shot and how uncharacteristic that was for him. And there's a lot of people blaming different things for it. Um, some people were saying, oh, the physicality on him off the balls too much. Some people were saying he's probably just played too much minutes this season. It's probably the most minutes he's played in a long time. Um, oh, I just think he just, the it's, lights were a bit bright and he was guarded really well. Like, so Tatum blocked some attempts. Horford was on him. They were switching coverages so he couldn't really get into his groove of shooting over a guy because everyone was different. Heights and abilities on him. Um, yeah. But yeah, we locked it in, man. Like Fourth quarter, clamps came on. Big time, um, and, and that, it, I think it was like a fourteen and three run in the fourth where mm. they just couldn't get anything on us at all, and then we'd that, go down that the vaunted. other end. And go on. Yeah, I was gonna say that that vaunted Boston defense that we've that we've been talking about since January really came to the really came to the fore. Um, who was your man of the match or man of the game? Uh, man, no, you know we're we're London based podcast. I think we should say man, <laughs> man. You don't have to do this man player of the man. game nonsense. <laughs> um, Jalen Brown, man, Jalen Brown was Jalen Brown was huge. I think obviously defensively, uh, we were we were really good, and so same as first game, you could give it to like a Horford or a Smart or a, or a Tatum for that regard. Um, but Jalen Brown was the guy who fourth quarter was just feeling it and just. Just caught fire at the right time. He was. What the hell were them contact layups? Yeah, some of the layups, some oh, of the. Like, he was going by Bruce Brown, who you got to say is probably their best one v one defender. He was blown by him, and then he was getting heavy contact from KD on one of them. Um, stepped into a nice three in between that. Um, and Man, and the thing, I I I got a bit of heat on the Twitter. I said for me at the moment, he's probably still. If you're really making like a championship roster, I think he's probably still. Closer to a third than a second guy, just because when the ball's in his hands and he gets doubled, he gets blitzed or whatever, I still aren't. I'm not really there defensively. Mm. I'm not really there. But you got hit for that, yeah, a little bit. But but um, but I, I think I think I think if he can keep like he found cutters late in the game, um, he got some stops late in the game. Like if he can do that more consistently, then that's the Jalen Brown I think some people yeah. see on his big nights. But yeah. it's not quite there. But if he can do what he did uh, the other night, then then we're flying because uh, he was I, big. He was big. Uh, let me give let me give the the outsider's perspective and the nine minute highlights watcher perspective. Um, the shots that KD is is getting and the spots that the Nets are setting him up in, they're just too tough, bro. You know these post ups that he's getting roughed up far. He's getting roughed up five seconds before he gets the ball. Picks up the ball. He's got Al Horford draped all over him, and then the rest. Uh, it's just a bit long. Making them shots is a bit long, and then expecting him to go one on one as opposed to coming off some of them nice pin downs and some of them nice actions where he can only have one dribble, two dribble, pull up. Like you know, when he's at his best, the Nets are just trying to make him just go ISO, and it's just a bit long for him. But do you uh, think that's the Nets? The Nets are trying to make him, or they, or they just don't have, they haven't got yeah. anything better. And they precisely, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's not. I think. I think the other thing is, and then it, like, it is KD, and I'm still, I'm still hesitant. I don't think it's going to be like a sweep or a four-one or anything. Yeah, I still yeah, think it's going to six or seven. But, but yeah, a little bit. But uh, <laughs> he's shooting two of thirteen when guarded mainly by Tatum over the over the two games. Tatum's defense on him has been amazing. That's so, and that's so the storyline in itself. Um, two eight Tatum. We we we've spoken about this for we've spoken about this for years, and we're actually seeing 
we're seeing him really come. We're seeing him really come to the fore. And you know, we always make this joke: it's a legacy game for X, Y, Z. Game three is a legacy game for Kevin Durant. Um, we we, we talk, talked about in the, the the kind of playoff introduction pod about a week ago about players who have pressure on them and put James Harden at the top of that list. But Kevin Durant's not too far off. You know, uh, the titles that he won at Golden State aren't anything that are particularly respected by the NBA watching fan. He's probably been the most visual NBA player on social media for for, for a while now. Um, so going out with a with a FUD and going out in the first round means a, a Stephen A. Smith summer. This is totally unacceptable. Oh, uh, Kevin Durant's mama has, has a word with him. So I... Listen, one of the finest scorers we've ever seen uh, was averaging about 30 a game in a regular season. So I expect him to come out strong in the first game um, at home. So, yeah, I think for me, yeah, you lot look too good. You lot look too good. And I, obviously, yes, you're you're the pessimist. So you're going to say touch wood and you're going to say, you I know. Do, anything- I do still think the games have been close. That's all. Like Our defence is great, but I still think, um, like apart from that Jalen Brown flurry, we struggle hardcore. Um, mm. and like Ky- Kyrie is probably never going to play as well as he did in the first game, but he's never going to be. As- it wasn't even that he played bad in the second; he was just anonymous. He just didn't really have the ball in his hands. He didn't really get involved. Finished ten points. Didn't really, and it's not like he shot two of eight or anything. He just didn't really. Another guy that it. tried making some tough shots, but didn't take enough. You're right. Um, so, so I, I think they'll definitely get one at home. Yeah, um, I think we need to have three. Like, we need to have three when bringing it back to Boston. And I do think we'll touch on this when he does actually come back. But I do, I do think Ben Smith's a bit. Uh, ben Smith, Ben Simmons is a bit of a game changer. Um, mm. Stephen A. Smith's in my head there. That's why I've yeah. said that. <laughs> okay, but, um, so yeah, I do think Ben Simmons is a game changer for Brooklyn. A lot of people are game four. in a year, but I, I think that's massive for them. It'll yeah, be interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what they're saying. So I think this next one is why I'm I'm by balls fully firmly in Boston's court um, or side of the court. Who won the coaching battle? Well, like like you say, man. Like if if all they've got is is um, all they've got is ISO, then you can't really be giving it to to Nash. I think I think Nash is just a little bit out of his depth, man. Like he, he he's he's very amped up and he's very worked up, but he doesn't really have an answer for for the defence at the moment, at present. He's still trusting Drummond with a lot of minutes. I get that they need the boards, but those minutes, especially throwing Drummond back in the fourth, are looking rough. Um, yeah, I think Udoka just... I think I said it on the first, first little round-up of this as well. I think the fact that Udoka has worked with a lot of these players, Bruce Brown, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, he does, Such he just knows... Yeah, he just, but he just knows, like, when you work with someone every day, you know what they're going to be like in, in key moments. You know what their tendencies are. You know what they struggle to defend against. You know that they don't want to go to their left here. You know, like, they've spoken to you as a coach about what they're comfortable and uncomfortable with. So you immediately are able to put them in those positions. Um, so, yeah, Udo- Udoka's done well, man. Like, I, I still think half court against... If we do progress, it'll be interesting to see how we change how we how we've set up um, offensively against Milwaukee and and Miami or Philadelphia or whoever. If we do progress, but defensively, he's been fantastic. Lovely. Uh, what was your player of the game? Yes, player of the game. Got, 
got to be anything that Jalen Brown did, man. Like I think Yanni, Yanni touched on it. There was there was a couple ISOs on Bruce Brown, which they were just so important in the in the flow of the game to to keep us just that little inch in ahead, inch in ahead, inch in ahead. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't there wasn't so much ball movement or anything. It wasn't pretty, but it's just it was just Jalen Brown getting it done, just again and again getting the ball in his hands, getting it done. Peyton Pritchard came in and had a few nice few nice buckets as well. Um, but yeah, just Jalen Brown getting it done, ISO ball. Yeah. Uh, also, blunder of the game, guys. Uh, it's. I, 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 do you know what? I, I don't know if it's the game, but I feel like someone like a Javon Carter who's putting in minutes in another series, James Johnson, who's going to be a better body. Like, they're not trusting. Griffin and Aldridge in this series. So why are they there? So why are you waving guys that can come and play serviceable defense mm. um, on 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 Boston's wing? So I feel like less so blunder at a game, more just that how the Nets have attacked. Like Blake and Aldridge are names, so they've kept them. Javon Carter's putting up solid minutes for Milwaukee. James Johnson would have been you you've been able to defend a lot better than Kessler Edwards would have in this series. It is a bit of a blunder. I, you know, I saw Kessler Edwards just come off a little bit of just a little bit of left side action, tries to get it to KD, and it's a backcourt violation with one of his first plays. And you know, he's just, just, looking he's just at not like, ready. Oh, like, he's and, and just not ready. I think, I mean, if you want to go blunder, KD going, <laughs> KD going, uh, four of 17. That counts. Yeah, that's that's a game defining performance. So yeah, that's I think that's, that's right. a fair shout. Yeah. And yeah, okay. Um, I guess finally, who were the lights too bright for? Do you think? Goes back to KD, doesn't it, man? Like, goes back to KD. I think I think that that's the worst thing for Brooklyn is the role players really did their job. Bruce Brown finished with twenty three. Seth Curry finished with sixteen and, and shot really efficiently. Goran Dragic came off again. I don't know if they just not put Goran Dragic on the scouting report. More <laughs> than for 18 points. So that's like Brooklyn's whole thing is they've got KD and Kyrie. So no, you don't have to worry about those two. So if the role players are performing like that and you lose a game, then... That's a game you're supposed to take. Yeah, like 100. they were supposed to grab one of those first two. And the fact you've come out 2-0 um, up, I think that, that, that that's going to be series defining. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep our eye on that one. So let's go to um, Bucks versus the Bulls. Um, at the top, so before the start of these early morning pods, this is one of the series that we had down as potentially being a sweep. Um, but Chicago pulled out 114 to 110 uh, win at Milwaukee to tie the series at, at 1-1. Um, so, so let's talk through it, gentlemen. Um, let's right. game overview for me, please. I've got 41 points from DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic perking up uh, and looking all around the interior and, and making it 24 points, 13 rebounds, a couple assists. And so, oh, effectively the best version of this Bulls roster turned up and beat the Bucks whilst Chris Middleton goes out injured. That's the headline. 41 from DeMar DeRozan. Again, 40, so not I'm just 41. Like, okay, nine, nine free throws, no threes. This is pure hoop. Pure hoop. Pure hoop. Taking it back is... to the LA 
LA courts, man. Oh my gosh. You know, it was all clangers in game one. We started calling for a sweep. DeMar DeRozan said, I'm never going six for 25 again. Watch this space. Lo and behold, we watched this space. And it's 1 1 now. And it's really, really interesting. You mad. Chris Middleton's out for three times. Yeah, that's a killer, man. That is absolutely. Because I mean, we feel like it's all right when you're hearing the word MCL. You're like, oh dear. But then, like, yeah, three to four weeks is a killer, man. Like, we saw Drew last season. Last season, Drew. Three to four weeks. Yeah. Right. Corrected. Carry on. Yeah. 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 Like, that's. Well, I don't know if it's been confirmed by Milwaukee yet. It was like a local reporter who put it out. I think it's a sprain that they don't want to operate on rather than anything else. So. Yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. not only just this series because I think they're gonna need Giannis. Giannis finished with what thirty three. Giannis is gonna get his against against Vucevic. Although Vucevic has done well these first two games, he's really impressed. Um, mm. Brook Lopez is gonna get you gonna get you points as well. But they need Chris Middleton. Like, even they even do. in They've the got nobody else anywhere close to his profile of player. Nah, not at all. And Drew, man, like, okay, listen, Mariah, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to anticipate the, one of the questions about who the lights too bright for. We saw it last season in the playoffs. We're seeing it again this season in the four. Drew Holiday offensively, as a second Weirdly. guy, still has a lot to prove. I think I don't know if yeah. it's just his own limitations, but also magnified by the fact that he has to put in so much effort defensively. Um, but he just, there was some clangers. There were some horrible shots last night and, uh, or the other night, and yeah, I think without Chris, Giannis is going to have to really, really take games over. Chris Middleton was a massive part of them winning the title last year. For sure. In, in for those sure. two games Giannis missed, he put the team on his back. Um, it's not just this series, but it's, if they do advance, it's, it's facing Boston or Brooklyn in the next series, potentially without him as well. Um, yeah. It's rough. That is a rough, it's rough injury. It is rough. We, we we know this. This is this is basketball, and this can happen in any any given game. A player stepping on another player's foot, spraining their ankle, being out for a few weeks. It's oh, always it a, yeah. It's always it's always a shame when these sort of things happen. But next next man up. Let's see how 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 and if they can even navigate the balls. But um, Ooh, another look. Let me sorry. Let me bring let me bring you in on um. You know. The, the way the box score looks, a lot of the starters got theirs. Um, it, Wesley Matthews had 11 points, Chris Middleton 18, Lopez 25, and Drew Holiday 15 on top of Giannis' 33. Cool. So that's all the points from the starting five. The bench reads like this. Rough. Pat Connaughton 3, Grayson Allen 3, Javon Carter 0, and Bobby Portis 2, who had five minutes. Right, okay. Very problematic. Mm. Rough, man. And I think... I think um... The uh, it's combined. The, the Wes Matthews yeah, minutes, by the way, it's not something that will be seen on the box call. But Wes Matthews actually did a really good job on the Rosen. The Rosen's forty-one came almost entirely on hunting Giannis out of switches. Like Wes Matthews did a really, really good job on Demar. It was it was mostly getting those buckets on Giannis. That was an unbelievable performance, especially after the first. Yanni touched on it first first game um, in terms of player of the game. It has to be Demar, man. Like Caruso made some big plays. Vucevic and, and, and Levine hit their shots. But DeMar, man, like after the first game where it was all defrozen and this, that and the other and Rick Ross lyrics and fake watches on the courtside Twitter, um, <laughs> he was unbelievable. I don't know how rec- replicable it's going to be because, you know, it was a lot of tough shots and 
But it's tomorrow, and if you can just if you can bottle that and and we see it again um, for another few games, I think the fact that he was so good at navigating not just the switches, but his navigating of driving and kicking, and he was finding people so so well. Um, he was outstanding, man. Really, really um, good. Can mm. I? Zach, Zach Levine's been quiet, so I'm anticipating a big game from him. I, I, Do you know the thing is though? I think they've got. This, I think part of the reason they've got Zach Levine is quiet is they that is where Drew is parked. Like he's not coming off Zach at all. Mm. He's, he's just parked on him, and so I think he's yeah. always going to have that. But now with Drew having to take on an extra offensive load, he might be able to shake free a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's it. We've got to see a little bit, you know, we've got to see what's uh, what's cracking with Zach Levine here because obviously the narrative was that, you know, DeMar and Vooch were joining his team and it was like, okay, let's try keep Zach here and then, you know, if we go the whole playoffs, if they get chucked out of the first round or whatever, he hasn't perked up. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, got, it's, it's contact, uh, contract time for him. Who won the coaching battle in this one, guys? I, I don't want to beat a dead horse or flog a dead horse, but Again, you do sort of think it's just Budenhauser's adjustments and stuff like, okay, well, they won the title last year, but we know what they're like in the playoffs at this point. We know that they they give up shots, that they give up three. There just wasn't really much reaction. He, I mean, he still got them good looks. Like, I think Milwaukee got good looks and just didn't, didn't, didn't um, make their shots and stuff. But, but I think, I think Billy Donovan to have come from, he, he played, some nice stuff in the first game, I think, to have come from the first game where someone like Demar and Zach have had such a bad game. He came out and was so so effusive in his look. Uh, I wish we could give Demar more shots. He said, "He's like I trust that guy implicitly taking the shots that he thinks are suitable for him to take." Um, and and so I think I think to have to to not panic and to not rip stuff up between game one and two when they'd had such big games. I think Donovan deserves uh, credit for that. But and then I guess in terms of winning, it depends where you stand on the whole Budenhauser experience. Like we know what the Milwaukee system is. Um, we know that they give up certain shots and protect the paint and don't give up others. And it depends if you're a numbers man and you think you stay the course and you stick with that or or you're all about adjustments and all about uh, they need to take this guy out of the game a la Nick Nurse tries to do and maybe rips up the plan every game and starts again. Um, I don't know, but I think I think Donovan deserves credit for staying in the course and just trusting his guys. And also just trusting, I think one thing that was maybe different in the second game, again, for Donovan's case is Caruso, man. He, he trusted him with the ball a lot more, especially late, just to just to initiate stuff. Like, obviously, DeMar was primary ball handler a lot of the time and he's, he's kicking us off. But um, there were some really nice plays from Caruso. Caruso... Uh, was tempting Yanis out half and then dumping off to, to Vooch and Pat Williams under the bench. He he was able to relocate into the corner for some big threes. Ten assists, I think, he finished with Caruso. Some really, really nice plays from him. So that was a little adjustment just to get him, him on the ball more. Um, and, and it worked well. So I'm going to go Donovan. Nice one. Um, and would you guys have down as the player of the game? There was a really... There was a few Caruso ones, which were really Caruso nice. At the end. Um, there was a few Caruso ones which were really nice. There, but there was one that I think kept. It was late in the game, um, and it, it was it was partly drawn up pretty, but also just partly keeping the offense alive. So Demar, Demar with a little turnaround, 
missed, but Caruso got the offensive rebound, kicked it back out to Vooch, handed it off to DeMar. DeMar, DeMar doubled by um, Lopez and Drew, gets it into Vooch, gets it into Caruso. Caruso drives, kicks it out to Pat Williams. Pat Williams misses his three. Vooch gets the offensive rebound, slaps it out to DeMar, and then DeMar gets it top of the key, drives in for his and one, and it was key, man. That, that kept them... That got them five points ahead late game, got to the free throw line again. Um, and it was it was it was just a great play. Just great from the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to really see how they take advantage of the lack of Middleton. Um, blunder of the game. Uh, can we go Drew missing key big threes in the fourth? They were, they, were, they were open, they weren't contested, yeah, they mate. were top of the key. Um I'd I'd go I'd go that that wasn't that wasn't pretty. Um two I mean two of five you, you would argue is not the worst, but it's just lights are bright, man. And and they were within points at the end and and they didn't quite make it. But then I guess I guess Pat Connaughton as well. We talked about role players of, of the Nets um doing their job. Pat Connaughton's there to spot up, Pat Connaughton's there to to hit his three, apart from the one very late last second turnaround that he was never going to, if you chalk that one off, he still went one of five. Um, and he, he's got to hit those shots for, for the Milwaukee system to work. So, mm. so, so potentially go with that. And, and also like, if you're Yanis, I'm sorry, six, six, DeMar DeRozan, long two man switching on to you in every coverage and, and getting the points that he got. I don't he's think, a bit mad. I don't think you can come away from that game as Giannis and allow that again in game three. Like, no, it, not really. Especially when Jason Tatum's just been locking up KD. It's not an average defender that we're talking about here. I know that it's DeMar and sometimes you can't do anything, but I'd, I want to see the response from Giannis in terms of defence on, on, on D-Buddha. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that, that that's even interesting because he doesn't, people don't go at Giannis and he gets to just be, you know, a weak side destroyer who comes in at the last second and completely disrupts plays. So seeing somebody literally come right at him, what the hell's going on here? So um, I'm sure he'll be watching the tape um, and I'll expect a more robust defensive performance from him in, in game three, especially if they're going to continue to do that. And I guess uh, based off everything you guys have told me, um, there could be a multitude of names here. It could potentially just be the, the Bucks bench itself. It could be Drew Holiday. Um, who would the lights too bright for? Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, uh, maybe maybe Bud, maybe Bud. Like they were they were down in that game. They were down as much as fourteen in that game, twelve in that game. Like maybe he needs to just have a little look at what they're doing. But um, but yeah, I think I think Bucks bench. We'll go Bucks bench because mm -hmm. you need more out of your guys. One of five, one of four, one of six, whatever three point shooting from Allen and Connaughton. Like they need. We've seen with the Boston game, Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard coming in and. Um, Bruce Brown and Dragic coming in like you need your role players to to help you in certain games and they just didn't um, so rough last point yeah. on last point on Drew you know it, this man has obviously been in the league since 2009 um, his bag at times is unbelievable the stuff that he can do on the offensive end when he's firing when he drops the, when you see 33 points in the box score from Drew Holiday you know this man's been doing it with some Unbelievable stuff, some incredible shot making in and around the long twos, in and around, do you know what I mean? Floaters, he's backing down people, he, he can fade up. He's got a nice bag. 
it's just not consistent enough. It really ain't. And that's why he's a third option on the offensive end. I think playoffs is just different for it. I think he's just not quite skilled enough to create for himself the same way he can in the regular season. And I do think like there is something to be said for the fact that he's their best defender. He's all his team's best defender. And that's going to take it is, out. It is long putting it all out there on the defensive end. But, you know, I guess everyone's doing it. Mm. So let's go to um, what was an absolutely crazy game last night. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies uh, versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. If if you were somebody who went to sleep maybe at halftime or um, in the third, waking up to see that Memphis won 104 to 95, you're probably scratching your head. Um, Yanni, give us a game overview. All right, my brother. Well, you know, I was just sitting here watching this bad bitch on the big screen and uh, what a spectacle, right? So early doors, Pat Bev's going off. Right, early doors, Pat Bev is Jar Morant off the dribble, makes a few, starts doing the you're too small, target centres rocking. Minnesota score 39 in the first to Memphis is 21. Boys, literally, second quarter, Memphis score more. Third quarter, Minnesota come out and score 32 to, to Memphis 23. And we're like, okay, so it's been really flip-flop, right? I know it's a lot of numbers to digest without any visuals. But most importantly, the fourth quarter, boys, Memphis, who had to go on a 21-0 run. They were 20 points down. Memphis went on a 20-0 run and scored 37 in the fourth compared to Minnesota's 12th. 12 even. Are you dumb? Bro, the story of this was Minnesota getting too big for their boots early doors. Pat Bev, I'm looking at you, big man. Grizz couldn't get it going, fine. But the problems with this Minnesota squad are so glaring. And, you know, we were glossing over them when they excitingly win the game one. We're like, oh, yeah, man, I like the pieces on this Minnesota team. And I'm sitting there going, wow, yeah, Daniels is long. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm liking... I'm liking everyone else and, you know, these guys are really, really about it. I really like them. Fundamentally and truly, boys, this was an incredible game. Memphis are just too good for this nonsense and they've done it away from home. Wow. After the Timberwolves to be going in like that, they just have their deficiencies, my boy. D'Angelo Russell, Carl anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is young and it just keeps on showing up. But he's not their main problem by any stretch. D'Angelo Russell was just doing all the D'Angelo Russell stuff. The amount of times the Tim the Timberwolves get to the end of the shot clock and D'Lo has to chuck up a prayer, mental, unorganised, silly stuff. They're just silly ballers all over the court, right? Yeah. Um, Carl, Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns is doing the same silly shit again. If I said to you, you didn't watch the game, what did Carl Anthony Towns do last night? You know exactly what he did. He got like five really stupid fouls accumulated and it was fuckeries. He got four fouls early in the third quarter and then what? Do you know what I mean? And then it's, it's just a mess. And so, yeah, wow, what a game. Memphis went in there and by the end of it were dominant, unbelievable. I, I didn't watch this one. I was I haven't caught up on it yet. Um, Memphis are a team where you can't give them an inch because they will take much much more. Morale. How did how did Minnesota 
managed to blow two 20-point leads, please explain um, it was It was a lack of control. Um, they were, they, they like Gianni mentioned, they targeted Ja Morant on the defensive end really well. Pat Beverly was going at him quite a bit and what they were able to do was basically unsettle him. Um, but then when they did get the leads, because they blew two 20-point leads within the game, we probably maybe lost it in Yanni's maps, but they were up more than 20 a couple of times. So the first time... Um, uh, yeah, the first time the Gri- the Grizzlies chipped away at it and they did they, they don't have a floor general like a, a, a you obviously you don't even have to go as far as a Chris Paul, a Mike Conley, someone you can just put on the ball and just right, guys, we're gonna slow it down now and we're just gonna feed cat cat. We we talk about cat and we talk about how skilled he is offensively. For him to come out of a game like this and only actually take about um four or five shots, um, and I think only Tory and Prince oh, had no. less shots than only Tory and Prince had less shots than than Cat. Um, where, oh, my God, yeah, where, where they needed a steady oh, dose, time, yeah, where they needed a steady dose of um offense from Cat to help them through that, they didn't manage that well at all. Um, and Grizzlies, I think we've seen it from them throughout the season when they start getting into the mood and Desmond Bain starts making freeze, um, they start getting some second chance um, plays, they start really digging in deep. Um, a lot of teams can't withstand, a lot of teams can't withstand that. So that happens the first time and that's like, okay, cool. Um, this should be a bit more of an equal game going forward. Um, but then again, the Timberwolves were able to, to to build up a lead for themselves. They were sharing the ball around quite a bit. I actually disagree. This was one of the best games I've seen D'Angelo Russell play in, in a while. He showed a lot of, he showed a lot of poise a lot of good passing late in the shot clock. He made some good shots. Um, Anthony Edwards is in and out of the game. And obviously he had that amazing game one, which kind of puts lights on him. And, you know, he, you know, Ant, he's going to talk himself up as well after the game. Um, but then they were able to once again, establish a big lead for themselves. Um, and then what proceeded to happen between that sort of um, third and fourth quarter, that 21 and 0 run, they didn't call a timeout once. So maybe, maybe I'm getting a bit a, a bit ahead of myself in regards to our sort of topics. But when you talk about who were the lights too bright for, blunder of the game, who won the coaching battle. Um, <laughs> um the Timberwolves lost in the Timberwolves lost in all three. Um, not actually calling a stop during that 21 and 0 run and just getting the guys together and helping them get their heads back in the game um was an absolutely glaring error. Um, there from from coach um, Finch. Um, blunder of the game in regards to Carl Anthony Towns. Oh my God, guys. And you know what, <laughs> right? So, so Cat, so Cat wasn't getting after it every single time, every single time he got the ball. Now, mind, they were trying to post him up. They really were trying to post him up and, uh, and Memphis were doubling him straight away. They just wanted to fluster Cat and, and get him out of his groove. And it worked. You flustered Cat and suddenly you can beat the Timberwolves. He only had four shots. And towards the end of the game, when they were 10 points down, having just been 20 points up, by the way, this absolute 30-point swing, Cat wets a mid-range... It wasn't even mid... It was like a long two. Cat wets a long two and we're going, oh, hang on a minute. Like, Cat can actually shoot. Like, what is going on here? The silly yeah, fouls it's on the match, please. It's, it's, baff- it's, it's baffling and, and it's bizarre. And that's where you talk about having someone who can actually... 
you know what, we're actually just going to run a few plays through Cat now. We're going to run a few actions through Cat. He, 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 didn't, he didn't spread the floor. And listen, if you're not getting it in the paint and you need to take a couple of threes, we know that he can do that. He, he, he's he shot above 40% from the field from three for quite a few years in, in his career so far. So the fact that he can go through a game and it completely pass him by like that was... Um, completely baffling. It's it's, it's weird Wait. to watch. Weird to watch it unfold. Um, I think it was Reams. Hang on, it was Reams that was saying that he's a bimbo, bro. I, I proper clocked it. Like Cat is a proper dum dum. Like he's out there like screaming and that, but like fundamentally and truly, it's not all there. Do you know what I mean? The lights are on, but nobody's at home. Cat's screaming and that. But he actually, well and truly, isn't isn't switched on enough. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in terms of man of the match, I think it's easy to go with um, Desmond Bain because he he was making free. Everything. Every, it seems like everything goes through them really for the Grizz. I know, like, it's, don't take it for don't take it too tough. There, I know John Morant's the best player there, but you know this one-two punch that they got going on with Desmond Bain. He he's attacking off the dribble. He is by far and away their best outside shot maker. He's a he's a real real talent man, and he's a big reason as to why they won the game yesterday. Definitely, but do you know who really stood out to me? Um, Brandon Clark. Oh um, yeah, he was getting off the, after it last coming night. off the bench. He was influencing the game at both ends. He was making tough buckets. Cracking he was the glass. Getting, he was he was doing a bit of everything. He was doing a bit of everything, and when they were going on that twenty-one and O run, he had a couple of plays where he just yeah, just showed some real ingenuity. And I think this Memphis team, where they're able to win that game, where Jar didn't play particularly well, even though he f filled up the stat sheet, I think they're going to be so galvanized. And I expect uh, Minnesota to, to to tie the series, but I don't think this goes more than six at this point. The patented um, Brandon Clark floater was out in full effect last night too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so we are where we are in regards to that series. It was honestly the most bizarre game to watch a team go up more than 20 twice and still manage to, to, to lose by almost 10 points. So, um, yeah, that was Minnesota um, versus um, the Grizz. Oh, and, hey, um, hey, sorry, right. Last bit, sorry, sorry on the agenda, the cat agenda. I promise you, I like him, but it's just a bit heartbreaking to have properly clocked it. Like when they do the sound bites and you're seeing like the proper like insight and hearing the players talk on the bench and that cat's like talking to Ant saying, well, We need to do this, we need to do that. And Ant's kind of like nodding. And I know that nod, bro. Ant is just thinking, This guy is just dumb. Yeah. This yeah, well, guy, I don't, I don't respect anything that this guy is saying. I remember Kat saying something about, yeah, but they're a shot-blocking team. I'm, like, I, I'm just sitting there thinking, I know Ant's just sitting there thinking, like, this guy is just cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, let's finish up with um, Mavs versus the Jazz. Um, the Mavs go 2-1 up. Um, grab their, their win in Salt Lake City. Um, yes, give us a game overview here, sir. Yeah, I mean, I kind of said in the preview for this series that you you wondered this Jazz team are kind of at the end of their uh, cycle, I think, and you wondered if they if they started um, seeing a bit of adversity early, whether they just dial it in. Um, and the first half of this 
of game three definitely felt like that. I, they were decent in game like game one was was a bit of a slog, but the Jazz came out on top. You know, got their win out in Dallas, and you think, okay, cool, they're going to give this one last go. Lost game two in Dallas, cool, you split them away. To then come get home court, be in, in Utah and put in the first half they did, they were all over the place. Like they were they were a proper mess. Um Jalen Brunson went off. Dinwiddie had a rough hurt first half, didn't really matter. Um Jalen Brunson just took over the game. He went out with a little injury, but he came back in, finished with 41. Um they just kept the ball away from Rudy really really well a lot of high spread pick and roll stuff a lot of good after timeout stuff um hit the corners well which the jazz leave leave open um and and yeah they just they were just they just got some help from the bench got some good help from bertans got some good help from kleber shooting got some um good help from from shooters there and then and then yeah utah just i think second half utah sort of realized i think how close they like this is without luca this is at home potentially going 2-1 down. Second half, they brought it back. Um, uh, like, they had a really nice flurry of four or five straight possessions where they got nine, ten points. But it was just a bit of a mess. The Hassan Whiteside minutes were a mess. Um, they, 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 a lot of, some of Utah's best moments actually came from going small because mm. Rudy got into foul trouble. I don't know whether I want to credit Quinn with that for coach of the game or, or it was just a, a byproduct of the foul trouble. But, but yeah, I think I think the Mavs were in in control of this game the whole way. The the possessions were more purposeful. Um, apart from Donovan getting a bit hot in the second half, they didn't. They weren't really troubled. Um, and yeah, I think I think this is the end of this Utah team cycle. They could go and still win the series, but I've seen enough of them against the a Lucas that Mavs who have to figure things out on the fly without their heliocentric centerpiece. Um, that I, I just I think I think Dallas will come out of this to have to have to have shown up in Utah and played as poorly as they did in the first half. It's not a great sign. Agreed. Um, what we have in Jalen Brunson, crafty, going toe to toe with Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs. Jalen, well, the thing is, Jalen Brunson is like a short, stocky guy where he's not a defender by any stretch, right? But he was putting up more resistance than D. Mitch. Donovan Mitchell just has no interest in defending for this Jazz team. Like, just zero. Um, Brunson was quality, man. Proper point guard stuff. Um, put another five million on his on his yearly salary, probably he coming up to his, to his restricted free agency. Yeah, he's just really good. Like, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie um, had, a, had a strong close to the game, but was pretty rough to start. So a lot of it was was Brunson. And like I said, they were, they were going corners. They were going high pick and roll. And no one could stay with with Brunson, which we kind of thought we we knew would happen. The only guys on the roster that Utah have who can actually stay with anyone quick is Daniel House and Royce O'Neal. Um, everyone yeah, else just gets had burned. Like four Even, points combined, by the way. Yeah, but that, yeah, they're they're they're, they're there more to stop guys. But then even Josh Green, Josh Green's an inconsistent player, but athletically he's really good. He had some really nice drives and some big shots. Jalen Brunson had. Plenty of nice drives, navigated the pick and roll really, really well. And then towards the end, Spencer, Dinwiddie had some nice moments, including a, a, a real poster as well. So, um, yeah, they just got sliced up, man. Jason Kidd, co- if we're talking <laughs> coaching battle, Jason Kidd had, had them up. I think the best thing Quinn did, Quinn gets, he's done an amazing job in making this Jazz team a really consistent regular season team. He gets cussed for the adjustments a lot. 
But the best adjustment he made, I'm not 100% he meant because it meant mm. taking Rudy out through when he was in foul trouble. They they looked really good when they went small for a few minutes. Um, the Hassan Whiteside minutes are rough. Seeing that yeah. guy trying to defend out in space is rough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock, That's Davis Batans, Maxi Claybrook, good shooting night. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, what would you have as your player of the game, Yas? I think I think there was like there was a lot of that pick and roll, drive and kick, hit the corner. That the Jazz and the weak side, especially the Jazz, just had a help guy quite close, left the, left the too far from the far corner for, for them to get there and contest anything. So I think I think I'm gonna go just in general that sort of drive and kick, high pick and roll game they couldn't handle at all. But it was a late three when the game was ebbing and flowing, and the Jazz were getting back within within five or six. Um, sorry, not five or six. It was more seven or eight. There was there was a late one where Spencer Dinwiddie took the roll, getting high pick and roll. And this one, I think the Jazz decided, yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna defend the corner a little bit better. Um, and he kicked out, but then last second, Rudy comes into the to the basket, and Bogdanovich mm. doesn't get out to the corner, and Dorian Finney-Smith gets the three. So it, it wasn't it wasn't the most like groundbreaking X and O play. It was something they did regularly through the game, but just the execution of it at that moment when when Utah looked like okay, we're gonna we're gonna stop this, we're gonna stop this, we're gonna stop this, and then DFS gets his. Uh, I'm trying to think of a sofa pun here, but I ain't got one. But um, Dorian Finney-Smith gets his um, <laughs> gets his three in, yeah. Um, we have us the blunder of the game. Playing Hassan Whiteside at all in the playoffs, maybe? <laughs> that, that, that comes to mind. In He's shocking. It would have been an issue in 2018. In 2022, you'd just be oh, negligent at this point, man. He was Gross awful. negligence. Uh, do you know what? Let me, let me double-check something, actually. Um, do you know what I, his plus minus wasn't as bad as I thought but he just looked awful like he was only minus one for the game which you think oh not bad but he just looked terrible Gobert was minus 16 so take from that what you will it's, they actually did most of their damage with him on the floor but but just the, the white side minutes were shocking like I know Gobert needs a rest I get it but he was only 7-8 minutes but every time I saw him he looked he looked terrible um, mm. So that's the eye test feed the stats for you because the numbers don't actually back me up there, but yeah, you just look that shit. But I just think, yeah. I just think, just they, they don't have any adjustments. They rely so much on the three. If they, if guys aren't hitting their shots, um, then they they play a really really risky game. Last night, actually, guys were pretty efficient all in all, and defensively, they just still had no answers at all. Um, like. So I think it might be one of the. This must be one of the highest scoring playoff games of these playoffs so far. No, I don't think many people have breached 120 yet. I think the Pelicans did when Booker went out in that game. The Grizzlies breached it. Um, Golden State are a bit of a freak show at the moment with all their shooting. So it's, yeah. it's, it's rare that people have breached 120, and and the Mavs were able to without too much resistance at all. Really, um, Rudy. Rudy was on an island half the time. There's no one helping him out. Um, Hassan got got played round every minute he was in there. Um, Conley and Mitchell are just not stoppers in any any meaningful way. Um, it's a little bit of the the Denveritis of just having no one to guard anyone. Um, but what whereas Denver are doing that against the hottest offensive team in the NBA right now, 
it's not quite, it doesn't have quite have the same pizzazz when it's Maxi Kleber and Davis Bertans torching. You know? <laughs> Even um, Jalen Brunson spent some time out of the game. Royce O'Neill pushed him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he looked all right, though. He came back in and, and was good, but he looked like a little twist. But he, he should be good. Finished with 41. He was unreal. Um, yeah, he yeah, was outstanding. The man's, the man's gonna get paid. Um, and let's just finish up finally with I have a feeling I know who you're gonna say, but who are the lights too bright for? Yes, I guess Quinn, man. I guess Quinn, I guess Quinn Snyder, like, like, but then Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell has not had a good playoff. Donovan Mitchell's usually been a really good playoff performer, and although he's got mm. his points, I think he's really struggled with. With running a team, I'm gonna go Donovan Mitchell for this. Like he's got his points, but his his his, in, his efficiency's been bad. Um, he's like he's got to the line, okay, but it's very much hero ball. It's not it's not conducive winning basketball. Like the numbers are empty, man. Like if you look at someone like a like a Tatum who had a really bad shooting game the other night, Tatum still played unbelievable defense on Kevin Durant, finished with nine or ten assists. Donovan's just like I don't know. He's just a, a step slow on reading stuff. Um, he's taking he's taking shots early in the shot clock where he's wasting possessions. Um, he had like first game he had a horrendous first half, saved it with a good second half. This game wasn't much different. He had a, another horrendous first half, saved it with a good second half. But it's it's very much empty calorie stats. Like I'm, I haven't been impressed with him. Game two is probably his best game of the three, but I, I was I wasn't impressed last night, man. Like, and I say that as someone who likes Donovan Mitchell, I, I don't think it's a great audition for him for getting a move to a team that really values winning. Like, it's 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 not efficient. It's it's not not team based. It's not winning plays, man. Cool, cool. Um, we've got some interesting games that are going to be played tonight. Um, you've got the Bookerless. You've got the Bookerless um, Suns trying to go sh- navigate the Pelicans. You've got Oof. the Mi- Middletonless Bucks trying to navigate the uh, Bulls. Uh, Miami continue their beatdown on the Atlanta Hawks. Um, yes, Yanni, a real pleasure. And I imagine I'll be hearing from both of you very soon. That's yeah, amazing. catch me in the group chat. Sports Social Podcast Network.